Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, bonus material, The Dad Files. In looking for material to read, I found an old folder that contains every article that I ever wrote about being a dad. From the very first time we knew we were having a baby, all the way through the adult life of my daughter and now her own children. Oh, I always get letters from people who say, hey, when you preach, you talk about your children too much. Well, being a dad is one of the most awesome responsibilities and one of the greatest adventures I've ever had. I hope you'll enjoy The Dad Files. Where can you find helping, healing, and humor all in one place? We'll hang out with Ben and Travis on the Ben and Travis podcast. Ben and Travis on their podcast strive to normalize the discussion about mental health among Christians and help people with their struggles and broaden their horizons. Their special guests are always educational and entertaining. I love these two gentlemen, and you will too. Hang out with Ben and Travis on the Helping Healing Humor podcast, benandtravis.com. You'll also notice they have a bat logo. For those of you who don't pick up on that, Ben starts with a B, Travis starts with a T, and starts with an A, Ben and Travis, the bat symbol. Ben and Travis podcast, Helping Healing Humor, is a sponsor of the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure and the Dad Files. Let's open the back door of the tactical Toyota. Yeah. It's a black short bed quad cab. It's the one with the zombie hunting permit on the back window, the RMJ Tomahawk sticker in the middle, and the bullet hole in the quarter panel. It's a fake bullet hole. When I told Jackie that I was going to buy an extended cab pickup, she said, why? I said, honey, it's because of all the various and sundry gear I have to find in my truck. She said, well, by the time you scoot the seat up, you'll have an extended cab. <laughs> I bought a four-door. That was 264,000 miles ago. Now, as I'm recording this, it has 430,000 miles, but this is a throwback. So at 264,000 miles, earlier that morning, I had been invited to ride along with the local SWAT team as they served a warrant. That was all done, and so I went out for a three-mile run. On my way back from the warrant and the run, I got a phone call. The caller asked me to stop in town and pick something up for them if it was convenient. Now let's let's open the back of my truck, the one with the Tomahawk logo and the zombie hunting permit sticker in the back. There's a pair of climbing shoes and a prusik cord hanging off the back seat. The driver's seat has a pouch as well as an equipment satchel behind it. The pouch has my red gun, the one I use in training, my training knife, an ASP expandable baton. The satchel has a camo raincoat, a camo boonie style hat, a regular pattern boonie style hat, cold weather gloves, toques, turtle fur and fleece, a pair of earplugs and my shooting glasses. The RMJ Tactical Tomahawk is in its own case. In my toolbox, there's a length of rope, 
my fishing bow with an AMS reel and an arrow are in the back seat, as well as my body armor and my helmet. This is not soft body armor, but the big Ninja Turtle style body armor that the SWAT guys wear. And there are two medical bags. There's a bag for ropes, the one I carry when I'm with SWAT. I, I just attended the, the uh, tactical medical thing a few years ago. And I also have a field jacket. I have an official hidden agenda chaplain's jacket and my kit for getting locked keys out of cars. And I also have a poncho. There's about 500 feet of rope in my toolbox. I've got a giant slingshot, a machete, my Navajo Vario harness, a Joe Spider climbing helmet. And today, today I've gone to town and picked up a wedding dress. In a bright pink bag hanging over my bow, and the train of the dress overlapping my tactical vest. I have a wedding dress in my truck. I have my daughter's wedding dress hanging in my truck. The, the little lady at the dress shop, maybe you've never met one of these creatures before. Take a cheerleader. A kindergarten teacher, six Red Bulls, two dozen Krispy Kremes, a graduate from Mrs. Howard's finishing school for women of finesse, charm, and irritation, and blend them together. Pour this 10 pounds of sugar in a five-pound sack, and you have the ladies at the bridal shop. I'm a therapist and a police chaplain. I typically see people on the worst days of their lives. Wedding specialist? see people through a pair of rainbow glasses made out of unicorn frames held together in front of their eyes by butterflies. Well, you'll have a nice pink bag for people to stare at in the back of your truck, she says as she hangs the bag in my truck and tucks the train around my body armor. She turns and fairy dust gets in my running shoes. She giggles and it sounds like elf music. Do I look insecure to you? I glower at this woman, and then I get back in my truck. I have nothing against people this happy and bright. I just want you to know that between watching a SWAT team serve a warrant, complete with armored truck, battering ram, and flashbangs, I have used some meditative centering prior to encountering the nuptial nymph. That's all you need to know. Anyway. There's a wedding dress in the tactical Toyota. And it's not just any wedding dress, but the dress my daughter will be wearing when she walks down the aisle. I'd really like to meet the guy who wrote the song Stealing Cinderella and pry his spine out with my tomahawk and then drag him by said spine through some fire ants. So, I have this wedding dress in my truck. That means my daughter is getting married. I'm going to spend more money than I normally pay in taxes to throw this wedding. I could buy a Can-Am Spider for the price of this wedding. I could take the money I'm spending at this wedding and buy enough rope to top rope Half Dome or El Cap from the bottom I could hide the dress and this whole thing would go away. 
No. No, it wouldn't. You see, she's not in love because she has a dress. She has a wedding dress because she's in love. The, the, the dress is a symbol and will be worn at the event that has been forming, developing for the last three years. She will have the dress. But if, if push came to shove and June 1 arrives and there's not a dress or a cake or a venue, she will walk up to this young man and promise to love, honor, and cherish, and she'll be just as married even if she's wearing blue jeans and flip-flops. The, the dress is a symbol that represents the beginning of something that has been forming and developing their whole lives. The dress is what she will put on when her life as a single person ends and her life as a married person begins. Tyler's folks have been praying about her his whole life, and we've been praying about Tyler for her whole life before we ever knew his name or saw his face. We were praying for him. We are not Christians because we go to worship. We worship because we are Christians. We are not Christians because we don't lie, hate, murder, etc., etc., but we don't do those things because we are Christians. Baptism is the culmination of a series of events that have been forming and developing since before the foundation of the world. Salvation was planned for us, and when we learn that God loves us and we love Him back, we culminate that in leaving our old lives and starting our new life with and in Him. If we do not have a relationship with Him, if we merely don the trappings of Christianity, if we merely boast our own righteousness, if we think that because we have these practices, traditions, and doctrines that we are therefore Christians, we are as silly and as misguided as a dad who thinks that hiding a wedding dress changes anything. There's an idea to convey here. Rules are not as important as values. Ethics, without a connection to Christ, have an appearance of wisdom but are no value in restraining sinful indulgences. Oh, oh one more thing about the wedding dress. She can't have a stunt double on that day. It doesn't matter who walks down the aisle in that dress. Tyler will only be looking for her. He will only marry Lonnie Elizabeth Jones, and it won't matter to him what dress she's wearing. The dress doesn't matter. It's just a costume. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We wear these things because of our relationship with Christ. We are not connected to Christ because we wear these things. We are not connected to Christ because we live this way. We live this way.
because we are connected to Christ. We were hidden from line of sight. Normally, in practice, and, and I've only ever made entries in practice, well, unless you count that thing Jim Goins and I did that night, we cleared the Sam's Club by ourselves. N- normally, when entering a room, you get a tap or a hand placed on the shoulder. We were listening for a certain sound to initiate our action. The go signal would be a squeeze on my left biceps. I got the signal. I cut the pie using my angle to peer into the large open room. I could see the number two wall and all the way to the three, four corner. There were two guys and they were my objective. They were on the three side and all the others were behind them. I'd place one guy right in front of me and the other guy would be on my right. I'd have him blocked until just the right moment. I got the squeeze. I shuffle-stepped, pivoted, and we whirled into the open door. My hands were empty, and I felt my jaw tighten. I saw flashes, but it was only cameras and not gunfire. I hoped I was smiling. Walk faster, Daddy, she whispered. I could feel her little hand on my arm. I wished I was making a real entry and not an entrance. And for just a moment, I thought I had been shot in the heart. It was wedding day. And I was walking my little girl down the aisle. That's the longest walk of my life. At the end, I was standing beside Tyler Watkins and in front of Joshua Quarter. There were a few hundred people behind me. And they all waited to see if I would be able to speak. Joshua is a young man who's a Bible teacher at a Christian school in Orlando. I was at the hospital when he was born. He was going to ask, Who gives this woman to be wed? And I had to try and answer. I I couldn't catch my breath. And my voice broke. Me, speechless. She is a daughter of God. And presents herself for marriage. She does so with the blessings of her parents. Her mother and I. I took a step back, and she released my arm and took the hands of Tyler Watkins. She is now Mrs. Tyler Watkins, Lonnie Elizabeth Watkins. She's the only child I'll ever have. I released her. I gave her away. I let her go. It was what she wanted. I believe it was blessed by God. It was what we wanted, but my heart felt so strange. It was truly a thing of fairy tales. 
complete with a handsome prince and a beautiful princess and a room full of old knights who die for the little girl on that stage. That's me and Gerald and Troy and Paul and Pickle and Tim and Shane and Jerry, her pop and her papa. I did say a room full, but I only named a few. I gave her away to begin a life. And it still was heart-wrenching and beautiful at the same time. Now when I read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, my heart really does stop. My heart really does break. He didn't give his child to a world that would love him, honor him, and cherish him. He didn't give his child to a loving embrace and a second family who loves him as much as his own family. He gave him to a cruel world run and ruined by sin. And they they were going to murder him. And he gave him anyway. And there's nothing else to say after that. Either you get that or you don't. If you get it. If you really get it. You are a Christian. And if you don't, you won't ever be. In 1998, I opened up my private practice. I moved to a little small office on South Memorial Parkway. And across the hall from my office was a absolutely charming Southern gentleman named Mr. Walt Barty. He and his sister Anne ran Walt Barty Coins and Bullion. This little shop was eventually taken over by their grandson, Jared Bentley. Jared is one of the most pleasant people you'll ever do business with. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, call Walt Barty Coins and Bullion, 256-883-9004, or use the 800 number 1-800-608-6052. That's 1-800-608-6052. It began with a question. Dad, do you think you can do a series of watercolors using little forest animals? I began my drawing career trying to draw animals. I have a chipmunk I did in elementary school. And my mom still has the crayon colored pencil rendering I did of Thumper from Bambi. The children's book I illustrated was mostly watercolors. When LB was born, I did a mural on her wall with little forest animals, bears, squirrels, a field mouse. So yeah, little forest animals are in my genre. So whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. She wants me to do little forest animals in her house? 
That must mean there may be a little forest animal coming to live with them. A minion. A baby. I'm going to be a grandfather. Let's see. Well, I want to be called Obi-Wan. Maybe they'll call me Red Bull because I'll let him or her drink those at my house before I send them home. <laughs> Jax finally told me that she calls me Jonesy. And that probably what the baby's going to call me as well because he, that's what they'll hear. And thus it began. We surprised Jackie with the This Lady is Going to Be a Grandmother t-shirt. And I began drawing little forest animals and designing a treehouse with four 35-foot-tall Class two utility poles. They're not telephone poles. They're utility poles. When the power goes out, you don't call the phone company. You call the utility company. When she called and she was crying and she said, Daddy, they couldn't find a heartbeat today. My heart almost broke. Maybe for me, but more for her and Tyler. How do you love someone you never held? And how do you grieve something that never was? People are resilient. And young people are idealistic. We just got the news that there are babies on the way. Babies. Yes, multiple minions. Twins. They waited for an all-clear from the doctor before they started making announcements and sharing the news. I'm going to be a grandfather times two. And the same time, <laughs> I'm going to need a bigger treehouse. Dots on an ultrasound became the size and shape of gummy bears. They grew as big as walnuts. And within another week, they were the size of limes. And then, and then one was dead. I, I don't know if it was a little boy or a little girl. How do you love someone that was never born? How do you grieve a future you never lost because it didn't become that future? When life does not meet my expectations, it equals loss. And humans grieve all losses. I do not understand why people get cancer or die in car wrecks get devastated by storms, are debilitated by injury, lose their memories, and why babies are not born. My first attempt to deal with that is that we live in a fallen world corrupted by sin, and as a result, our temporary time here is controlled by physics, nature, and the fragility inherent to human beings. Dying. 
at any age is as natural as living to any age. I do I do understand that God loves me. I do understand that before I was born, God loved me. I do understand that God doesn't choose us to walk these paths, but that He holds us while we hold each other, while we walk these paths. I, I do understand that. And I guess most of us understand that. I wonder if we believe it. I do believe that God loves me. I do believe that before I was born, God loved me. And I do believe that God doesn't choose us to walk these paths. But I believe He sustains us during these times. I hope. Oh, I hope to be a grandfather to this precious life still waiting to be born. I want to paint forest animals and walk through the forest and teach those wondering eyes all I know about those animals and where they live and how to find them. I want to climb in the treehouse and spend the night in the hammock. I hope to be a grandfather. But if the way this world turns doesn't allow that, I understand I know, I believe, I have a grandfather, and he loves me. Twenty years ago, I was invited to be a guest at a special conference called Challenge Youth Conference. It's better known to most people as CYC. I've been a guest speaker there for the last 20 years and been privileged to work with their board. Uh, it's an annual event. It takes place uh, in Dallas uh, on Martin Luther King weekend, and it takes place in Pigeon Forge at the LeConte Center on the last weekend in February. This year, 2022, it will be January 14 through 16 at the Dallas Marriott in Las Colinas, Texas. It will happen February 25 through 27 at Pigeon Forge in the LeConte Center. The theme for 2022 is for me. From the beginning, God had a plan for you and for me. The different topics will be creation for me, redemption for me, and heaven for me. Some of your favorite teachers, along with Ben and Travis, and the Skits with a Truth guys, the SWAT team, will guide you through this spiritually equipping weekend. CYC is a sponsor of Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. You may find out more information, three W's and a dot, cyconline.com, www.cyconline.com. They, they say he looks like me. I can't imagine how that perfect complexion, flawless fat cheeks, that little chin and those dimples can remind anybody of me. <laughs> he reminds me of God. Miracles, wonder, 
joy, pain. We lost two before he got here. Innocence, vulnerability, unconditional love, and hope. I knew he was coming. I prayed about him often, and I made plans I may never get to fulfill. But I can hope. Before he was born, they delivered two Class two poles to my yard. Barry Handback got me two additional ones, and I began to plan. My office desk is littered with treehouse, okay, fort. All right, a zombie apocalypse tower with zip lines and a fast rope and a slide exit. I began to dream. I can't wait to see him swing in a plastic seat like the one I used to take to the county lake and hang in a tree and fish while Lonnie Beth would swing in. I wonder what his laugh will be like. His cry is pretty much on par with his raging thunderstorm personality of his tiny little mom. But but I digress. He is so chill otherwise. Laid back and calm and serene like his dad. Not his dad while dad is coaching, but dad and his alter ego, the mild-mannered Tyler Watkins. Before he was born, I, I made these plans and I dreamed these dreams. If I ever get to do the things I've planned, I'll get to say, before I ever knew your name, Jonesy made this for you. Before you ever arrived, I prepared for this very day. I started running again right after you came so I could chase you and run from you or carry you. I want to be able to do anything he asked me to do. I want to see the world through his new eyes. I want to wonder at his wonder when he finds new things to see and to taste and to hear and to smell when he finds his feet, I want to show him the real forest animals and not just the paintings I did for his nursery. I want to be with him when he sees a deer and a fox and an owl and a skunk and a chipmunk for the first time. I want to hear him sing Jesus Loves Me and watch the foolish man's house go splash as Lonnie Beth used to sing it. I just want to be what a grandfather is meant to be. I want to be a blessing. I want to be kind and gentle. I want him to think I'm strong and smart and gentle and wise. I want him to know how much I love his mom and dad, his grandmother Angie, his grandfather Jerry, his grandpa Rick and grandma Lisa, and, 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 and of course, his grandmother Jax. I want Jax and Jonesy to be two of his favorite words. Those are my plans. Before the foundation of the world, before the creation of the world, before God made the first Adam, A-D-A-M or A-T-O-M, our grandfather planned and designed and dreamed about a relationship with us. He wants us to be redeemed, forgiven, transformed, new and wonder-filled and wants us to know we are loved. Not because of the new things he has made, 
but because he has made us new. Those are your grandfather's plans for you. Oopsie, or uh uh-oh, is the quintessential phrase accompanying the pastime of pre-toddlers. They drop, fling, or throw things to the ground, and the adults respond with oopsie, or uh uh-oh, bend over and retrieve and repeat ad nauseum. The message is that this is cute, fun, and enjoyable, and we should play this game until you get tired of dropping things, or until my T4L3 blowout until I pass out from rapid elevation changes. If you enjoy this game, I'm not judging. I have a friend who likes to cut grass. My wife watches HGTV. I tell her that HGTV, the fixer-upper channel, is like pornography for women. It's things she can't have and things I won't do. Dr. John Hoare, the dentist in town, would have us all believe that going to the dentist and Disney are essentially the same thing. To, to each his own. If you enjoy the oopsie game, that's fine. By the way, most small kids can't tell the difference between a full glass, an empty glass, a plastic cup, or a Ming vase. When it's fun to drop things, it's fun to drop things. So once you build the monster, the monster you create will eat you. I was hanging out with Gunner. He was entertaining himself with an empty water bottle and my head. After some period of drumming, his fine motor control being non-existent and gross motor movements being the only instrument panel available, he made a flinging motion and lost the bottle. His dad, the varsity basketball coach, scooped the bottle up and said with a gentle smile, let's not do a turnover. No oopsies in this house. You lose control of your object. It's not funny. It's not fun. It's not cute or enjoyable. It's a turnover. (laughs) I knew I liked this young man. Sin is not an oopsie or an uh uh-oh moment. It's not merely a slip or a bobble. It has serious effects on the outcome of our lives. But all too often, we treat it like fun Or a funny thing. But it's a turnover. We give control to self or Satan. Or we give control of ourselves to Satan. If we treat sin like a game, then we play it often. Often.